0: And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint
2: Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.
4: Hi, I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Bazomo St. John is the author of The Urgent Life, My Story of Love, Loss, and Survival. Bazoma is a Hall of Fame inducted marketing executive, author, entrepreneur, and general badass. Gosh, I should put that in my bio, just being a general badass. Anyway, Boz got her start in her marketing career at Spike Lee's ad agency, Spike DDB. She then went on to manage brands in the PepsiCo beverages portfolio before becoming head of music and entertainment marketing at the CPG Giant. After that, she led global consumer marketing at Apple Music and iTunes before serving as chief brand officer at Uber. She then took on Chief Marketing Officer role for Endeavor, including WME, IMG, UFC, Miss Universe 160 over 90, etc. Most recently, she served as Global Chief Marketing Officer at the entertainment behemoth Netflix. She has been awarded so many things. She's in the American Marketing Association Hall of Fame, the American Advertising Federation Hall of Achievement. She's number one most influential CMO in the world by Forbes. She's been inducted into Billboard's Women in Music Hall of Fame, Most Powerful Women in Music for 10 years in a row, Executive of the Year, This just keeps going on and on. In 2021, Harvard Business School published a multimedia case study on her career titled Leading with Authenticity and Urgency, through which she developed and taught a program at the university aptly named The Anatomy of a Badass. I wish they had had this class at Harvard Business School when I was there and falling asleep during accounting. Why could I not have taken the anatomy of a badass? Oh, my gosh. Boz has created a public online class, the Badass Workshop, to teach the nuances of achieving success when one feels like an outsider. She's expanded her service outside of the U.S. and has been named an ambassador for the African diaspora and special envoy to the president of Ghana. She's also the philanthropic ambassador to Pencils of Promise in Ghana and serves on the boards of Girls Who Code, Vital Voices, the Tony Elumeli Foundation, Soho House, and CFDA. And she's on the board of trustees of her alma mater, Wesleyan. All of that said, she counts her highest achievement as being a mother to her 13 year old daughter, Lyle. Welcome to Mom's <laughs> Don't Have Time to Read Books. So much to discuss the urgent life, my story of love, loss, and survival. Thank you. I
2: appreciate it. Thank you for having
4: me. You're so welcome. Oh my gosh, your story was so powerful. And the way you wrote about your former husband, the way you wrote about Ben, the way your mom, I mean, it was like one thing after another. And it was so powerful and moving. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Anyway, it was just very, very powerful. Good job.
2: (laughs) I appreciate um, that. I appreciate it. But you know, it's like, this is the complexity, you know, of, of life as uh, <laughs> a middle-aged woman, <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? It's like, look, we, I don't know. By the time you get to this age, I'm 46 years old, right? Like, me too. Time me you, too. You, we're the same. Oh, look at that. 46. 1977 <laughs> babies. Um, I'm, 19, I'm 1976, but okay, August, so you're, okay, August. Okay. So you're on your yeah. way to, okay. 47. It's fine. We're all here. We're all here. <laughs> but you know, it's like, by the time you get to this age, you've had a lot of shit happen to you. You know what I mean? Like things have happened in your life. I wish I knew another forty six year old person who didn't have some drama at some point, you know? And it's like we're trying to balance all of these things and be these super women that the world has told us that we're supposed to be. yet we're dealing with, yeah, all kind of loss and trauma and oh, generational shit that we're trying to untangle and. Trying not to be like your mom, but kind of be better for your kids. I mean, God, it's it's just, it's like too much stuff. Totally. So I was just writing all of my things, you know, just putting it all on paper, all the things.
4: Should we just like give up and go get drinks or something? Yes.
2: <laughs> yes, that's exactly what she's... Yes, let's just lay everything down and then go get <laughs> on. <Okay. No. That's- laughs> In fact, I have, a- I have a bar back here. Should I pour us one?
4: <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> Oh my
2: gosh.
4: No, I, I have also, I mean, we're joking, but you know, I'm with you. I've had a lot of loss and crazy stuff that's happened. And it's like, yeah. you, you tell people when you're our age and they're like, oh my gosh, really? Like, cause you also don't know. We meet each other at these phases of life. It's not like when we go to school and we're like, let me catch you up on everything. You know, like right. now you're going to know me and you're going to know my family or whatever. So I know I think it comes as a shock, but what choice do we have, but to be really resilient about it and go about that's our day perfect. and you know
2: right right and at this point to be honest about it right yes i i am i am very thankful to be the age i am you know because i don't have to pretend it wasn't like my 20s where i felt like ooh i got to be the hot cool chick you know and then my 30s when i'm like oh i've got to be a businesswoman and figure out how to win you know and now i'm just like oh well here are my scars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I came
4: came up with this idea yesterday as I was, like, dropping my kids at school and, like, feeling my stomach. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, there's got to be something stronger to, like, keep my stomach where it's supposed to be. (laughs) And so I was like, maybe I need to start a magazine called SAG, where it's, like, all about... (laughs) the things that happen to moms or like that we all, not moms, but just like the things that happen as we all age and like, we don't joke about enough and we all feel shame. And yet it's happening to everybody. So anyway, I think I want to start this like tongue in cheek SAG mag. Oh my God.
2: (laughs) I love that. I love SAG magazine because it can, it can be both the physical and the emotional, the mental and the spiritual, you know, all of the things it's like, all of your belief systems that start sagging and start twisting and turning Ooh. and you're like, oh, do I really believe in this thing anymore? I don't think so because too much shit has happened to me for me to still believe that, you know? Yes. And like, totally. yeah, it's like, okay, so what my boobs, like what happened? They were supposed to be sitting up here and now like, I turn <laughs> around and they're at my waist. Like how did that happen to me? You know what I mean? It's like, all of these, And you're right. It's like, look, Sometimes I feel like we need to have these honest conversations because, look, this this is not funny, but but we still have to laugh about it. Like we compare our scars. We compare our saggy breasts. We compare the traumas. And to some degree, there's some humor in it. You know, there is some lightness to it. And even in writing the book, you know, it's like I realize that, too, which is that, look, sometimes, well, I'll speak for myself. I put away a lot of memories, right? Stuffed them way deep down and said, you know what? That was too painful. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to, I don't even want to, I don't even want to like have a hint of it anywhere, you know? And then as I started to write and pull up some of those memories, I was like, oh man, there were some things that were really good at that (laughs) time. You know what I mean? Like life as I am experiencing it now, it's like, there are some bad, horrible things but through it, there is some love and there's some laughter. You know, I've been so, I've been actually so surprised by people who've told me that while they read my book, they cried and then they'd laugh and then they'd feel this emotion and that emotion. And I was like, but that, but that's actually it. That's life. You know, yeah. it's like, even if I'm writing a book about grief, I'm not gonna, we're not crying for 300 pages. Right. You know what I mean? Because yep. there's just, there's other things that happen in the midst of the grief that can bring you some lightness or bring you some frustration or any number of emotions. And that's so sad. I agree. Make SAG, what are you doing anyway? Come on.
4: I know, I'm doing it. I, I, I'm, I Let me get off of here so I can go <laughs> write the whole thing. My mother has been like pitching me columns on text. She's like, I need to have a column in this. I don't even know yeah. where to start. And I'm like, mom, how yeah. about you start with an essay? But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, one, thing at a, one thing at a time over here. Yeah, yes, really. but you know, I, I do think with books like this though I mean it's one thing to be able to share like there's a there's a book by Catherine Newman I don't know if you've read it about it takes place over hospice when it's a novel where she's Mm -hmm. losing her friend but it's a comedy like it's a comedy at hospice and you're like what but it's it's the same type of thing as this memoir where you know there are the tragic and then there's the funny and then it's because it's all life and it's like all percolates at the same time and and then you leave it feeling like almost uplifted because you're like well she got Through it, she got through that, and you got through this, and here you are.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure you've had, you know, a moment we all have, right? A moment in your life where just everything was going wrong, and maybe you started to cry, and then in the middle of your crying, you started laughing because you're just like, I cannot believe this is happening. Like, nobody would believe me if I wrote this, you know what I mean? Like, they would think this was a lie. There's no way this much can happen to me, and that's the way I felt while I was writing. I was like, "Yo, nobody's gonna believe any of this. Like, <laughs> this is so wild." Like, you when, know, and I'm crying while I'm writing, and I'm just like, "Yo, this shit was really, really crazy. Like, I cannot even believe this." You know, when you got and to you the to part hard.
4: where you, when you got to the part where you then lost your job, and you're like, okay. "Okay," and this was happening, this was, and then I lost my job. I was like, "No, she did it. Come on." Yes. Yes. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm like, "How much more can I take?" Seriously. You know, it's like, at some point. You really do sit and you're just like, wow, it's hit after hit, you know. And I don't know if you've ever heard this or you believe it, but you know when they say that things happen in threes. Yeah, I've yeah, never heard yeah. that. Right? Yes, I have. I've heard it. And, yeah. and sometimes I'm just like, when that number two thing has happened, you're just like, oh shoot, let me look around. Where's that third one coming from? <laughs> I, you know? I'm
4: always waiting. I'm perpetually and you're waiting for the
2: yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. But, it's like, but that's, you know, it's like the way I'm living now, it's like, you know, I've been asked if like, oh, are you fearless? And you know, you've been through so much. It's like, oh, you can conquer it all. I was like, are you kidding me? Like uh, most of the time I'm looking around like, oh, geez, like what, what is something going to fall down now? You know? So it's not fearlessness in which I'm living. I just know that I can survive. Yes. You know, that's, that's why I'm walking around confident, why I can still laugh yes. while I'm, you know, wearing yellow and being effervescent. Because I'm like, I know that should whatever else is coming, by the way, I've already talked to God about this. I was like, look, you little omnipresent being you, if you don't get yourself together <laughs> and provide me some like happiness for the rest of my days, oh, I'm gonna have a thing or two to say I get to those pearly gates. In fact, you know what? I'm not coming in. How about that? I'm not coming in until <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be my choice, whether or not I come there or not.
4: I had this moment, I had the worst turbulence on a flight to LA, like so bad that I was like crying, like, and I shook for it. It was really bad. I was like, sure I was going to die. But then I, and I was literally like holding my daughter's hand and I was like, no, no, no. Like I was about to open this bookstore that I just opened a month ago. And I was like, God would not do this to me right now. Like not right now. This is no, no, no. And I was like, you cannot do this. And I couldn't even open my eyes. And I was like, you cannot do this right now.
2: (laughs) I write about God in my book a lot, not because I'm overly religious, but because like, I really do feel like God is my homie, you know, to some degree. Like, you know, I, I was raised Christian. I don't go to church currently, but I, you know, still have a lot of conversations as if like God isn't, you know, like a tactical, like real living, breathing person Yeah. who sometimes I get angry at and who I'm like, Hey, look, I don't know what in the hell you think you're doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you're messing things up for me, okay?
4: Yeah, yeah. like you're the wrong you to person. No, no, like this was supposed to be for that person over there. <laughs>
2: like, I you already gave me this. <laughs> I'm telling you, okay? But it's like you know, it was it was actually you know in the seriousness of it, when my husband was a very devout Catholic, you know he he was the one who'd get up and go to mass, and I'd be laying in the bed talking about, "Can you bring me a bagel on your way back?" Like, you know, please, like I just you know need some breakfast. But he was so devout. And so faithful. And as we prayed for his healing, you know, or his recovery from cancer, I just could not believe it that God wouldn't answer that prayer. No, You know, like I was just like, okay, now I can understand if I say some things, you'd be like, Bulls, remember that night in 1999 when you, you know what I mean? I'd be like, all right, all right, fine, fine. You know, like, okay, fine. But Peter, though, Peter, Peter, you know, it's like, it's no... No, you know, like to me, it wasn't even a coincidence that Saint was in his last name because like he really was that person. I promise you, like it's not just like, you know, color coded and like rose colored glasses and stuff. And even though we ended up separating, I it wasn't like his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't yeah. like he was this terrible person. I was like, I got to get away from this relationship. He might have just been like too, too like vanilla. Even in his whiteness, you know what I'm saying? It was like all of those things that caused our friction and things that he was trying to do to like protect his wife and protect the family and save me at some points that really end up driving us apart, you know? So I was just like, God, like, seriously, like, th- this is the one you're going to take? Like, aren't there, isn't that somebody else you could go get? Like, how does this happen to him? You know, and that kind of stuff has really shaken me in my faith. But at the same time, i like you said, you know, when the you had the turbulence, and turbulence could mean any part of life, right? Not just on the plane. But yeah. any turbulence hits my life. And I'm just like, yo, you you seriously, you owe me. Like you cannot do this. Yeah. Like seriously. Yeah. Like relax. Relax. Go do it. Somebody else deserves this, not me.
4: I was thinking <laughs> that would be a really good book title. Did you think? Turbulence.
2: No. Right? See now look at you. You know, this is how I know you're brilliant. Okay. You're <laughs> just out here just casually, just you, now you've got a magazine called SAG, which is just, you know what I mean? It's got like all these different levels of meaning to it. Now we're about to create a book called Turbulence. Damn! <laughs> You're good.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation,
2: we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. A to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com
0: slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor, eBay. You'll know real when you get it You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach ensure your next purchase is the real deal visit ebay.com for terms
3: hey grown-ups the cat in the hat cast is a new podcast from wondery perfect for the whole family join the cat in the hat and your favorite dr Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week
4: no lack of ideas a giant (laughs) lack of a lack of time
2: exactly right right exactly to
4: your point with peter i mean and you know we're joking but you had this moment where it started smelling really bad in the room when Mm. he was dying and you were like what is that smell and then you realized it was the smell of death but then you said well wait maybe this is the smell of god like and i thought that was so interesting because i'm like could you turn all of this around and make it positive because is there positive to be found in the worst moments Yes.
2: Yes, there is. You know, and that's why, like, even in this conversation, we're laughing so much. I know. Like, I know. I how, feel you so know, bad. How dare we laugh when we're talking about grief? You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's the thing is that there is lightness in the darkest moments. There really is. And that's not I'm not trying to be corny and like pithy. You know, it's like there is lightness. Yes. There is. Um, so, you know what? Now I can't remember whether or not it made it in the book. I'm going to I'm going to tell you a story and then and then because you know, the writing process was so wild. And my editor and I, we had a lot of back and forth about what stays and what goes and all that stuff. But when I, my book was started, not because I was like, oh, I need to write a memoir. It was actually started because I I really hated the phrase, like take it one day at a time. I just really hated that so much, right? And so I started to, in my, sort of my reaction to that, my rebellion to that was that I started taking a picture a day. Because I was like, oh, y'all want to tell me take one, one day at a time? Look at what my days look like. These yeah. are not the kind of days you want, you know? And as I started to take, like, the really sad photos, sometimes there'd be something that would be really funny to me, and I would take a picture of that, <laughs> or something that was inspiring, I'd take a picture of that. So one night, and God bless him, he's now gone, but my father-in-law, George St. John, We were all in the room. Okay. My father-in-law, my mother-in-law, me, Peter, right. Peter's in the bed. There's like a couch and like two chairs and we're just all rotating except for Peter, obviously who stays mobile, right. Or stays immobile in his bed. And one night I wake up, you know, the early dawn and Peter had his prized possession, which was this football still in its case, you know, still in the like cardboard case that had been signed by Tom Brady. He's a huge Patriots fan. And I was working at Pepsi at the time. And my colleagues who were working on the sports deal, I negotiated a deal with the NFL. Like it was, you know, this thing. Anyway, they reached out to Tom's team. They got him to sign a ball for Peter. Okay. So it's like Uh Peter's prized possession. It's sitting in the room on the windowsill where Peter can see it constantly. Let me tell you something. I wake up. I would say it's like just around the crack of dawn. Okay. Let's say it's like 6.15. Now I'm looking at this daggone ball And I see something got tucked in the corner. I'm like, what is that? Could that be like some gift that maybe Tom gave Peter that we didn't even notice, recognize? So I'm like gingerly making my way over to the windowsill quietly, trying not to wake anybody up. Girl, why do I see my father-in-law's dentures tucked in the corner there? (laughs) Resting, (laughs) resting on the side. So I took a picture of that. I I still have I'm gonna send it to you after this. And it's like I took a picture. I took a picture of the daggone dentures. And that's the kind of thing where it's like, I, when I tell you I could not contain my laughter, <laughs> I could not, like everybody woke up because I was I was hollering, you know? Because it's like, think about this horrible situation, right? Where it's like, literally Peter is like, he cannot move, he's in the bed, he's struggling. And he's looking at the football as like his, like, you know, like the glory. I've got my elderly in-laws you know, uncomfortably sitting in these terrible hospital chairs trying to just get some some sleep. And then the dentures are in the box. And it is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life.
4: Oh my gosh. I I think the hardest I've laughed in my entire life was when I was dragged to Disney World against my will, pregnant with my fourth kid, with my other three kids. This is right before (laughs) my divorce. And I'd hurt my knee like being pregnant. And I had to use one of those scooters you know, like, oh. okay. Yes. So I, I am literally like the most miserable I've been in my entire life. And I also have no spatial relations. And so I was trying to like <laughs> spatial relations ability. I was trying to uh-huh. get onto the monorail and like back up. And everybody was screaming at me the doors were closing. And I was trying to back this thing up. And I literally like, it's the hardest I've laughed in my life. I just was like sitting there. I couldn't even pretend to drive the thing. I was just like, <laughs> things are so bad. And right. now I'm like stuck backwards in the monorail on a scooter. Like this is like it doesn't get worse than this.
2: <laughs> I tell you, right? Exactly. You're like so in your misery. Yeah. You know, there's like there's there's always something. There's always something, and yeah. and perhaps you know, I'm not saying that like all situations like that or mine or anybody else's like it's like oh we should just laugh at it all the time. But no, I-, I think to some degree it's it's coping. You know, it's a coping and survival mechanism where you just have to look at it and be like yo I could not even believe this is happening. When will I tell somebody about this? You know. Yeah. Yes. That's now what I think, like whenever I'm in this situation like that, I'm like, yo, this is going to make a really good story at some point. I promise you this is going to make a really good story, you know? And it's Did almost you? like the only way to get through it.
4: Did you read Black Widow by Leslie Gray Streeter?
2: Oh my gosh, I want to read it. I haven't read it yet.
4: You have to read it. it it's a really funny subtitle to something like a journey for people who hate using the word journey or something like for- that. Anyway, she has like a really funny scene at the morgue with her sister where they're like hysterically laughing. Anyway. Yeah, you would right.
2: It. Yeah. It's like Anyways, that.
4: Yeah. And I don't mean to make us seem like cruel. Obviously we all, we both, and I, yes. I, I you know, just from your book, I, you know, we both feel deeply and like cry and things are horrible. Oh,
2: absolutely.
4: But anyway, yes. I feel like this is the, yes. the thing. That gets
2: yes. Yes. Um, but that's the connection point.
4: Yeah. No matter what it is.
2: Yeah. It's for it. sure.
4: Okay. I know this is sort of a shorter podcast. Because oh, no. I know. I feel like I could literally sit and talk to we have to like get the actual <laughs> drinks next time.
2: I'm for real.
4: For real. Yeah. Like for real.
2: Yeah. It'll <laughs> yeah. start with my picture of the dentures. That way you know I'm yes. committed to this relationship. And then yes. we'll follow up with the drinks.
4: Perfect. Uh <laughs> yes, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm counting down. Um, thank <laughs> you so much for going on Mom's <laughs> oh, not of Time
0: to Read thank Books. Thank you.
4: And thank you for you, sharing. You. Honestly, it was so great and beautiful and you know, it was really the way you told the story was fabulous. And I'm sorry for all the things that happened to you. But thank you. You definitely made it into a fabulous book for what for oh, what
2: that's worth. I, I know, right. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I also want to say I, I love your podcast. I think it's oh. so brilliant. The name alone makes me feel like, oh my God, yes, these are my people. <laughs> this is my tribe. But I really appreciate it and thank you for the time. Uh, and the recognition.
4: Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Okay. Okay, so look out for the picture. I'm waiting. I'm (laughs) ready. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
3: ACAST powers the
1: world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.